Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. If you enjoy mining for gold and silver out of God's holy word, you are going to love A Sheep Speaks with Denise Jeter. A Sheep Speaks combines great Bible truths you might not hear anywhere else with nuts and bolts testimonies of how these truths can be applied to your life. A Sheep Speaks with Denise Jeter starts now. You know, we can control our thoughts. We do not have to let Satan plant thoughts in our mind. And we can renew our minds so that we can think like Christ. You know, we do not uh, have to allow the enemy to put wrong thoughts in our mind. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. The name of this program is Thoughts from Where. You know, we have an enemy who does not want us to think good thoughts because as a man thinketh, so is he. And that's our text this morning. We're going to be talking first about cleansing your mind, then renewing your mind, and uh, then we're going to be talking about a few examples in Scripture that could have renewed their mind. Well, our text is out of Proverbs 3.27, and it says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. So we're going to be talking about what we are thinking about this morning. You know, the enemy cannot get you to do anything unless he gets you to think about it first. He cannot get you to commit a sin unless he plants that sin in your mind. And so if we think like old man Adam, we will act like old man Adam. That means fallen man or carnal, fleshly man. But if we think like Jesus, we should act like Jesus, minding heavenly things rather than earthly things. But, you know, none of this will work for us if we're not born again. You know, in the book of John, chapter 3, it says that Nicodemus was a ruler in Israel, and he came to Jesus by night. Uh, Basically, he didn't want anybody to know he was talking to Jesus. But he asked the Lord, you know, some questions. And the Lord said, I tell you, verily, verily, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. And Nicodemus was, a, you know, a Pharisee. He knew a lot about the law and religion. And he looked at Jesus and he said, how can a man be born again? Can he enter again when he's old into his mother's womb and be born the second time? And Jesus went on to explain to him that what's born of flesh is flesh, but what's born of spirit is spirit. So no, the answer was no, we cannot enter back into our mother's womb when we are old, but we can be born again of the spirit. And unless we are born again, most of these things that I'm going to be talking about this morning will not apply to us because in order to cleanse your mind and to have thinking like Christ, you must be born again. So I invite you today, if you are not born again and you're listening to this message, once this program is over, to go to John chapter 3. The entire uh, chapter is wonderful, but especially John 3.16. 
and read that and meditate on that and call upon the name of the Lord. You know, the Lord says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if we call upon the name of the Lord in faith, we can be like these men we're about to talk about, and we can change our minds. We can have our minds cleansed from all those evil thoughts the enemy tries to plant. But uh, we see that we have to think about what we are thinking about. If we don't change our thinking, then we won't change our actions. You know, your mind, when you're resting, like about the time you're laying down to go to sleep or the time you're not really thinking about work or school or any of your programs you have to do, the mind tends to go back to the default setting, you know, that setting that's always been there and always will be there. But I know myself when I was born again that some of those settings I had to reset. I had to think about what I was thinking about. But some of them, the good news is, reset all by themselves. I know that one time back in the day, you know, before I met the Lord, I had a lot of thoughts and a lot of people on, you know, TV or whatever that I enjoyed watching. And one time I was watching one, a comedian that I thought was just wonderful before I was saved. And then I watched that same comedian after I was saved and all of his jokes were like really off color and lewd. And in my mind, I was only like a week old in the Lord. And I, in my mind, I cast my mind to the Lord and I said, what happened to him? And the Lord said, nothing happened to him. It was what happened to me and my heart. You know, the Lord says when we're born again, he takes out our heart of stone and gives us a heart of flesh. My heart had been changed. And so therefore my thoughts and my mind and my perception of things had changed. But then as we go forward in the Lord, we do have to think about what we are thinking about because we can fall back into that default mode. You know, if you know anything about computers or a lot of other things, that when something goes back to the default mode, it goes back to the way it was originally or the way it was programmed to be. And that is what we do not want to happen after we get born again. And there's very many scriptures that will teach us how not to fall into that trap of Satan by letting our mind fall back into that default mode. You know, in Joshua 1.8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So it's basically saying thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Well, what is meditation? It's just your thought processes. It's just what you choose to think about. So he's saying, Joshua is saying in Joshua 1.8, if we will choose to think about the Lord and read his book and keep it ever before us during the day and during the night, he says if we will observe to do that, Number one, it will cause us to do according that all that all that is written therein. In other words, the Bible says in one place, do not be hearers only, but be ye doers of the word. And so that's what Joshua is talking about here. He's saying meditate on these things and uh, eventually or hopefully sooner than later, you will begin to do these things and obey what the word of God says. You know, it's dangerous to know the word of God and not obey it. 
It says that that is more sinful than those who do not know the word of God at all. And so once we meditate on these words day and night, he says that we will observe to do them. And then and only then can we make our way prosperous. And then and only then shall we have good success. And it's not talking about financial prosperity only. There is some very many scriptures that teach how to become uh, your finances can be blessed because you obey God with your finances. But prosperous can mean prosperous in your health, prosperous in your relationships, your family um, time, and all kinds of prosperity. So we need to do what Joshua 1.8 says. I encourage you to read that in your daily meditation. That would be a wonderful scripture to memorize or to post on your refrigerator because it's teaching you how to be prosperous and how to have good success. We can't just take the word of God in bits and pieces and say, well, I'll obey this part and I'm not going to obey this part because then we will not be prosperous and we will not have good success. We will be fighting against ourselves and become our own enemies. And, you know, it tells us how to do this in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. You know, when you became born again, whether you know it or not, you were drafted into an army. You were drafted into a war. Not a physical war with guns and cannons and, you know, uh, all kind of warfare. No, you were, dra- you were drafted into a spiritual warfare, and that's a warfare in the spirit realm. It involves your thoughts, your uh, processing of things and how you process things. I heard one person say one time, it's like when you sift flour. You know, you sift flour to get the impurities out and different things. And what we should do once we're born again is when someone says something, even if it sounds good, we should sift it through the word of God to see if it is prosperous to us, if it is true according to the word of God. You know, there were some people in Berea, and they said they were more noble than the other people that Paul preached to. And it said the reason that they were more noble is that they listened to Paul, but then they went home and searched the scriptures to see if those things which Paul said were true. And that is a very good idea. So once again, we're back in 2 Corinthians ten three through 5, and it says, For though we walk in the flesh, in the carnal man, We do not war after the flesh. If you try to fight Satan in your own strength, I will tell you 100% you will lose. But God's given us weapons. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, you may say, well, what are these weapons? They're not guns or knives. No, Some of the weapons, and this is definitely not an exhaustive list, some of the weapons are prayer, spending time with the Lord in your prayer closet, the Word, reading the Word of God. You know the Word of God is called the sword of the Spirit in Ephesians 6. In Ephesians 6, it lists all the armor, all the armor that the warrior, spiritual warrior, can put on, the only offensive weapon is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. All the rest of the armor are defensive mechanisms, like a sword, like a shield and a helmet. But 
prayer, reading the word, the word of God is the sword of the spirit. Also fasting. You know, there's three different types of fasting in the Bible. And we don't have to go into that right now. But there's the fast of Esther, which you could do a whole message on the fast of Esther. The fast of Daniel and the fast of Jesus and Moses. And Esther fasted a full fast for three days. Daniel fasted a partial fast for 21 days. And, of course, we know Jesus and Moses fasted a full fast for 40 days, which I definitely wouldn't recommend that unless you've heard from the Lord for sure. But the other weapons we have, it says they overcame them by the book. They overcame the wicked one by the blood of the lamb and their testimony. So our testimony is a weapon. And, of course, the blood of the lamb is what has defeated Satan totally. And so it says in our text, it says that um, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And then it goes on to say, casting down imaginations. So what are imaginations? They're what you think about. That's what you imagine, what you roll around in your head. He wants you to imagine evil things, but the Lord wants you to do what Joshua said in Joshua 1.8 and meditate on the word of the Lord. So he says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. In other words, if something is, is telling you something contrary to what the word of God says, it is trying to exalt itself above the word of God. We need to cast those things down. And then he says we can bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So we literally do not have to just let our mind run or let our mind go to these things. It says we can take those things captive. We can take them prisoners to the obedience of Christ. So we have to, once again, we'll keep going back to the second point I made, which was we must think about what we are thinking about when our mind is relaxed. When we're not doing anything else, when we're not involved in our work or our school, we have to make sure we put a protection, a shield of protection around our mind and our thoughts. And then we see in Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3, he tells us another thing that tries to come against our thoughts. It says, blessed is the man that walketh not. In the counsel of the ungodly. So what does that mean? It means that you don't listen to or walk in the counsel of lost people. You don't get on Oprah Winfrey and let her fill your mind with all of her uh, false religion and false meditation practices and all those things. But not just her. So many. So many of these talk shows. So many of these television shows. Even godly friends sometimes. Even Christian friends can fill your mind with things that are not of God. I know one time I was at a restaurant and I was sitting at a table right behind three or four women that were obviously uh, Pentecostal women, which I have nothing against Pentecostals by any means. So don't don't take me wrong here. But you could tell by the way they were dressed and everything that that's 
they were that religion. It was a Sunday afternoon, so I'm sure it was an after church thing. And the entire time was it was their conversation was so loud and all they were doing were bashing their husbands and causing the younger ones, you could tell who was the ringleaders and the older ones, and causing their husband to I mean, causing the younger ones to have disdain toward their husbands the entire time. And I'm thinking that is how we sit in the counsel of the ungodly. Even if you're a professing Christian, doesn't mean you're a Christian. You know, Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers, he said it best when he said, there are possessors and there are professors. There are people who say they're a Christian and they really are because they possess salvation. But then there are people who say they're Christians and they're just professors because they have no idea what they're talking about. So so we have to be careful who we listen to and who we sit under the counsel of, whether it's in person or, or over the media. And then it goes on to say, uh, the, it says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful you know there's a scripture that says bad company corrupts good character so in other words if you're around someone long enough that has uh, negative thoughts and just constantly talking or complaining about things it will corrupt your good character the character that you obtained when you became born again so we have to be careful who we listen to And then it goes on to say in that same uh, portion of Scripture, it says, but instead of that, it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doeth he meditate, there's that word again, in his law doeth he meditate day and night. That's exactly what Joshua 1.8 says. So we have to think about what we are thinking about. And then it tells you what will become of that man that meditates on the word day and night. It says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So there's two scriptures, and both saying the same thing, that if we meditate on the Word of God, day and night, we will prosper. It says his leaf will not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, that's everything, shall prosper. And so we see that we need to pay attention, even though we're born again. You know, I know when I was first born again, I used to think, oh, well, God's sovereign, and he can do whatever he wants. And if he wants me to be blessed, I'll be blessed. And if he doesn't want me to be blessed, I won't be blessed. You know, and we think this, and God is sovereign, don't get me wrong. But there are some things we have to do. We can't just sit on the couch and wait for God to zap us with his magic wand. We have to apply ourselves to reading the word and renewing our mind. And once we are born again, we can renew our mind. And in Romans 12:2, it says, And be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So what does conformed mean? I'm sure we all know what that means. But basically it means something like being politically correct. It means uh, being conformed to what the world says. You know, so many words here lately in our woke um, 
culture, they're saying you shouldn't say this and you shouldn't say that. Words that are that are perfectly innocent that we've been saying for all our life. I know I watch a channel with some keto uh, girls on there. You know, they're showing you how to cook keto food. And all of a sudden, it appears the word moist, like a moist cake and a, and a moist brownie. Uh, all of a sudden, the woke culture has said we shouldn't say that word. And so, of course, they make fun of it, and they keep saying it, and good for them. But my point being that the world is trying to conform you into their mold, make you think like them, talk like them. And they're doing it through the television, through commercials, through school, through so many things. So the word of God says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, change what your mind thought about when you were lost and start thinking about what the truth is in the word of God. So the word transformed, of course, just means to change, transform something like the transformers, you know, those little toys they play with, you know, they change into different things. So we don't want to be conformed to what this wicked world wants us to think, but we want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind out of the word of God. And so Matthew 11:28 through 30 says how we can find rest for ourselves and how our choices in life can become simpler. You know, we have a lot of things going on in this world that makes choices a little difficult nowadays for some of us. But if you obey this this few scriptures right here in Matthew 11 verses 28 through 30, it will make your choices easier because the word of God has already shown you what you should do if you want to have that transformed mind. It says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Rest for your souls. So many times, even if we get physical rest, our spirit man can't rest because we're worried and we're uh, troubled on every side. But he says if we do this, we can find rest for our souls. And then he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what he's saying is if you learn of me, when you have these choices to make, the word of God is in your mind and it will already tell you this is a bad way to go. This is a good way to go. It'll help you make those choices. And then in Philippians, he doesn't. Actually, all we've been talking about today, he doesn't tell you just what not to think about, but then he gives you the answer of what you should be thinking about. <clears throat> In Philippians 4, 8, he says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, and whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, and whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So the Lord is telling you what you should be thinking about. So he's told us what we should do. We should stay in the word of God day and night, meditate on it. We should think about what we're thinking about. And now he's telling us, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and of a good report. Think on these things. 
That would be another great list to put on your refrigerator. And we have a few examples in Scripture. And it's out of 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 12. And in this scripture, he's telling us about the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt, when they were being delivered from Pharaoh, and they, was, they were wandering through the desert. And he tells us we can learn a lot from this passage, because even at the end of this passage, it says all these things happened to them for examples to us, and they were written for our admonition. So even... You know, even though we uh, see that we're not the children of Israel, but these things were written for our learning and our admonition. And it says, moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. He's talking about the Red Sea there. And all were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Excuse me. And did all eat the same spiritual meat, and all of them drank the same spiritual drink, because they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not pleased. So even though they all had the same experience, they all had this what appears to be the born-again experience, and uh, but yet the, the Lord was not pleased with all of them. So we'll see why. It says, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be idolaters. That's being an idolater in these days. No, we don't bow down and worship idols like they do in other nations, you know, have a pole with carved out faces on them but an idol is anything you think about and care about more than god more than jesus christ so he says about these ones who fell away he says don't be idolaters as some of them were it says as it is written the people sat down to eat and drank and rose up to play that happened when moses went up on the mountain to talk to the lord and they said we don't know where moses went So they started having a party and orgies and all types of things. And then in 1 Corinthians 10, 8, it says, Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us uh, tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured. That's just complaining. And were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for our examples. And they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Then he says, wherefore, let him that thinketh he stand take heed lest he fall. So what does that mean? That means that all these children went with Christ and they all were baptized in the same baptism and they were all drinking from the same rock, which was Jesus Christ. But because of their falling away, their idolatry, putting other things ahead of the Lord, they were displeasing to the Lord and they fell in the wilderness. And all these things, it says, were written for our sakes, for our admonition. It's like the Lord said, I want to warn you what happened to them. So that it will not happen to you. So this is a kindness of God to let us get a glimpse back into the Old Testament 
where all these things happen. So we could take it as a warning and heed these things. You know, men tend to fall where they think they are strong. In our last verse here, it says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he stand, take heed lest he fall. You know, Moses, it said Moses was the meekest man that ever lived. But he fell in his anger when he struck the rock instead of tapping the rock, touching the rock, or speaking to the rock, I think it was. And so sometimes we can be, we tend to be overconfident. Uh, but instead of being overconfident, we need to realize it is God and his word to daily hold you up, that we need to daily hold us up because we can't hold ourselves up. And uh, if we think we're strong in a certain area, I'm sure Moses knew he was strong in the area of meekness, but that's the very area that he fell in. And so many times, you know, King David he stayed home when all the other kings went out to war, and that's when he fell with his sin with Bathsheba. And so we need to we need to take heed that we don't fall as they did. If this program has blessed you today, I ask you to follow and like and share this program. And we normally read out of Apples of Gold, a devotional and rhyme, but I'm going to have to read two times next week because we're running out of time here. But I want to let you know I'm here every Tuesday and Thursday at 11 a.m. And you can go to my website to find out more information. Thank you for stopping by today. My website is www.asheepspeaks.org. That's www.asheepspeaks.org.